One time, it's your boy Biggie right here on Cognac and Conversation right here on a beautiful Tuesday night. I'm broadcasting live from the ATL, y'all. We got a very, 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 very important show tonight. Um, right quick, I want to shout out my whole X squad affiliate, X squad radio family. Um, last week we celebrated, uh, two weeks ago, we celebrated the Doug Stewart show weekend here in Atlanta. Uh, Doug Stewart, Ryan Stewart, they used to have uh, a show on ESPN, the two brothers, where we are part of the Doug Stewart family. And so I just want to shout out all of my X squad affiliates, Professor X, Mocha Bella, Rough Buff, the greatest Shout out to my man, Big Chief. He celebrated a birthday on yesterday, man. Shout out to Big Chief. And I'm going to get back to some more shout outs later on in the show. But right quick, man, we want to, without further ado, I want to get into the show right quick. I want to bring a very, very, very important lady on. We're going to do that momentarily. But I want to just tell you, you guys right quick about the young lady that I have here on the show today. All right. She's a homegirl. Okay, she's an educated homegirl. How about that? Right quick, I want to bring Dr. Shari Whirling. Once again, doctor. I want to reiterate that. Dr. Shari Whirling. I want to tell you a little bit about Dr. Whirling before we get into the show. Because I want, to, I want you guys to know this is a young lady from the city of Donaldsonville where all of my family is. She is an accomplished young lady doing a lot of things in the community. And I just spoke to her earlier today. And what I told her is, is that walking your calling. Walking your calling. So right quick, let me just give y'all a brief, brief bio on Dr. Worley and let y'all know who she is. So right quick, Dr. Shari Worley, again, is a native of the Donaldsonville, Louisiana community. She attended West Ascension Elementary School, also Lori Middle, my mom was our alma mater before there was a Donaldsonville High. And also she attended Donaldsonville High School. Now this is where it gets important here, guys, all my young people. This is where it gets important. She holds a Bachelor of Secondary English Education from this prestigious Southern University. She also holds a Master of Educational Leadership from Nickel State University, Thibodeau, Louisiana. She also has a Doctorate in Education from Southeastern Louisiana University. So let me go back, guys. I want you to understand what I just said. Dr. Worley holds a Bachelor of Secondary English Education from Southern University. That's one. She has a Master of Educational Leadership from Nickel State University, guys. That's two. And she also holds a Doctrine in Education from Southeastern Louisiana University. That's three, guys. That's three degrees. She's a young woman. She ain't old. I'm 45. She's younger than me. Young ladies, young gentlemen, y'all hear that? She holds three degrees and she's from Donaldsonville. Okay? Keep that in mind. Okay? Let's move on. She's been in education for over 17 years, serving 11 of those 17 years at Donaldsonville High, where she served as a teacher and the assistant principal at that school. She's also currently a district-level specialist for the East Baton Rouge Parish School Systems. Okay, so after work, this is where I talk about her community involvement, philanthropy, so on and so forth. After work, she leads her community organization called Pretty Push-Ups. 
Y'all follow on Facebook, Pretty Push Ups there on Facebook. A workout group that's focusing on Health 360. The mind, the body, and spirit. Once again, they focus on Health 360, the mind, body, and spirit. It's awesome. Dr. Worley currently resides in her hometown of Donaldsonville. So, Dr. Worley went away for a while, right? She came back to her city. She loved her city. And guess what? She came back to the city where most of her family resides. So, that's Dr. Worley, guys. Again, she's from Donaldsonville, Louisiana, man. And you know what? I, I grew up in Assumption Parish, but all of my family, grandmother, grandfather, great-grandmother, great-grandfather, daddy, sisters, everybody's in Donaldsonville. So Donaldsonville is my home because all my family is there. That's where, you know, I come from. Um, so um, without further ado, man, I'm going to bring Dr. Worley in here. And I want you guys to give give a shout out to Dr. Worley. Um, again, she's an accomplished young lady. City of Donaldsonville. Here she go. Dr. Worley, I'm about to bring you on. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much. That was an amazing introduction. <laughs> yes, indeed. Dr. Worley, you know, I try to give credit where credit's due. Thank you. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We got to raise up our own people. Yes, and if we, we do. don't raise up our own people, man, who will? So I just wanted to bring you on. And, uh, you know, Dr. Dr. Worley is my is my guest moderator tonight. And, and before I go any further, I just got a phone call from the guys. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't know if they're able to get on or not. Uh, so we're working through that. I mean, things happen. Technology is what it is. So we're working through it. Um, but um, I want to just, I just want to talk to you for a minute, Dr. Worley, until we get them them in. I don't know what's going on. I might just have to bring them in on a, on the, uh, on the app that we're on because I can't get them through Zoom. So I'm probably just going to have to bring them in through here. So, we're going to do that. But in the meantime, we're going to we're going to we're going to talk about Dr. Worley and let you let you speak on some things and uh, tell people about yourself from your own words. You know, I I, I did what I could do, <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we're going we're going to let you do we're going to let you do what you do. And, uh, okay. So without further ado, guys, Dr. Worley. Hello, 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 everyone. Um, as stated, I my name is Dr. Fury Worley. Um, I am a current resident of Donaldsonville. I grew up here. Uh, I went to my elementary grade schools here, um, high school. I graduated from here, went to college, uh, taught, came back, taught, uh, was an assistant principal for a while. Now I work in East Baton Rouge. I am so proud, I can say, to be first to be uh, invited to be a moderator for something attached to my hometown because there are things here that may need to be improved and I, I really want to be a part of it. And I, I kind of stood, stood back, you know, I'm kind of staying back in the shadows a little bit because I'm an observer. Um, I like to watch things before I actually go into things. Um, I've been living here for back here for about uh, three years now. 
Yeah, but I love my hometown and I really want to see my town thrive. It's important to me because my whole family's here. I'm here, my mom's here, um, my sister and my brother passed, um, they live here, my niece and nephews, my entire family is here. And it's very important to me um, that the city of Donaldsonville continues to be the great, the great city that it really can be. Um, I wanted to be a part of the change, um, just even if it's just my voice, um, just to help get things out there, ideas, um, you know, where people can kind of just see what's going on, you know, what, what we have to offer, you know, how can we better things here or improve things or work together to get things done? Because if you hear any of my other, uh, when I do some things on my post, I talk about us all working together in the community, the community of Downsville and how it's going to actually take all of us to actually better the city. Um, whoever becomes the leader in the seat, I'm not really political like that. Um, I, I'm not a fan of politics, but I just want to put this out there. Whoever becomes councilman, whoever becomes mayor, um, just, you know, know that we are trusting you to be the voice for those who may not be at the table, to be a voice for those, for the voiceless. Um, because there are certain things we may not know or see that may go on, on in, in the shadows. And so we just wanna, you know, uplift everyone who's who are candidates who may be in the seat right. currently. Uh, we support you. Um, hold us accountable as citizens. I'm a citizen. I love my town. I wanna be held accountable. I want I want to make a difference. And so we need to hold each other accountable so we can move forward. I think it's going to take all of us um, uh, to change this thing. So I think let, let's work together. Man, you know what? <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. you know, we, we've, we've, we've been talking about this for quite some time. You know, I actually took a little hiatus, excuse me, from my show when I relocated back to Atlanta, but you know, people have been calling, you know, talking about the show and thinking, talking about things that we need to do in order to improve, uh, I guess the culture, mm -hmm. the culture around the city. Now, one thing that puzzles me, that bothers me, man, is the fact that we're having all of these homicides. Yeah. Um, we just lost another young man down there. I mean, I don't understand it. I don't understand I don't understand leadership and I'm not speaking about the mayor. I'm not speaking about the council person individually. I'm speaking, you know, like, can you help me out? Can, can, can you, can you answer something? Like what, what's going on? Like, well, honestly, um, to be honest with you, I have the same question. <laughs> I want to know what's going on and what can be done to maybe shift the situation or maybe what can be put in place to, you know, just ameliorate some of the things that's going on because I really don't know, you know, and I think that's when we all have to come together to come up with a plan of what we can do. What kind of action steps can we take? Um, what are we planning? Is there a plan in place already? Like I, I'm not, as a citizen, I don't know. And so, right. 
is something being done? Is there a plan? Like, what's going on? Because I know it's heartbreaking for me. This is my city. And, you know, when I go places and I, and, you know, and I never like to brag, but, you know, people would ask me where you're from. And I'm like, Donaldson, they're like, really? Like, you're from Donaldson? Yeah, I'm from Donaldsonville. Like, right. people cannot, and that that really bothers me. Like, why can't someone who they see as accomplished not be from Donaldsonville? That says it's so widespread. Like, this is not one just one instance. This is just not two instances. This is almost everywhere I go. And so, for me, it's heartbreaking. And I always think, like, what do we, and I say we, what do we need to do? Leaders, citizens, everyone, to change the perception of Donaldsonville. I love Donaldsonville. I'm proud to be a product of Donaldsonville. You know, and I will defend Donaldsonville anywhere I go. And I tell people, Donaldsonville is great. You know, and I'm not sure what you heard, but there are a lot of intelligent people um, in Donaldsonville. But I, you know, when people look at me, they just don't think, or they may, sometimes they even look down on me because I'm from Donaldsonville. And I don't know why. Well, you know, we have certain people think certain things, you know, about, but I, I want that perception to change. And I think it's time. It's time. And I'm not saying you put certain people in the seat, it's going to change. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we need to work together to figure this thing out. No matter who gets put in the seat, it, it needs to change. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I'm not sure who's going to win the election. My focus is this is my home. This is where I live. And it needs to get better. You know, whoever's in the seat, we, we have to be held accountable. We all have to be held accountable. Right, right. And, and and that's the thing. I'm trying to, I'm getting them on this, Ms. 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 Dr. Worley. I'm sorry. Okay. So, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, guys, I see you guys. I'm going to bring y'all on shortly. I see you, Kurt. I, I'm going to bring y'all <laughs> on shortly. Y'all good to go. Uh, but, yeah, I see I see y'all clear, man. Uh, so, um, you got the full screen, Kurt. I see y'all too. I see you and Mr. Glenn. You good. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dr. Worley. I'm trying to get... <laughs> Kurt, Kurt, all I see is the top of Kurt ball here, but I see him. <laughs> Y'all look good over there. But yeah, that's the thing. Uh, the thing is, is that, you know, uh, what is the plan? I mean, what is the plan? I mean, a beautiful young lady two weeks ago, uh, Miss Lexi, you mm -hmm. know, senseless, senseless killing for no reason. Donaldsonville is about this big and, and, and we're, we're experiencing issues that like New Orleans is experiencing, mm -hmm. you know, that's crazy but uh yeah yeah um i don't get it i don't understand it uh um it's puzzling me but i just hope who's ever whoever is in the seat be it mayor sullivan be it mm -hmm. mr glenn uh whoever's in the council seat be it kurt mitchell um mm -hmm. tevis fernandez or mr russell gray long as we can make some changes man we gotta we gotta make some changes man and uh i got some i got three awesome men here right now um they're getting situated right now y'all get a little closer for me uh little kino get a little closer to mr glenn for me please sir but yeah we, we got three awesome men right here man i've been knowing mr mitchell i remember kurt man when kurt was the rapper back in the day <laughs> so uh i know these guys i know travis he don't know it but i know him i mean his dad was cool god rest his soul and i just met mr glenn but from what i can tell these guys are real passionate 
about what goes on in the city of Donna Sevilla. And I'm so happy to have them on Cognac in Conversation. Um, they're passionate. We've been we've been working. Uh, they've been they've been hitting the pavement. And so uh, we have Dr. Worley here. She's our guest moderator. And I appreciate her for being with us tonight. Um, I've, I've given you all of her accomplishment. I think she got a lot more to go. She's a young lady. She got a lot more to go. But before we go any further, we just want to explain to you guys what's going on tonight. I spoke with Dr. Worley. Uh, I pretty much gave her the the floor to to moderate the way she wants to. Uh, we explained to each candidate that uh, the questions that are, that are asked, that they have uh, three minutes to answer the question. If Dr. Worley feel like she want to allow, allow a few additional minutes, that's fine. Um, we're not going to be accepting outside questions. Uh, we're just here to talk to the candidates and they can give their opinion. Uh, you know, they can give what they want to give and, uh, uh, you know, that's too close, Kurt. Uh, they want to give, they can give what they want to give and we're going to go from there. So, uh, Dr. Worley, I think we talked about it already and, uh, I'm going to bring them on and I'm going to, uh, let them, you're not going to see me yet, sir. (laughs) You got to wait a minute. Uh, (laughs) I think so, they're ready. Uh, without, yeah, they're ready. Kurt is ready. <laughs> so without further ado, we're going we're gonna to bring them guys on. Um, and uh, I'm going to let Dr. Worley take over, and you could do it as you want to do, have them introduce themselves and so on and so forth. So without further ado, we got our three candidates here, our mayoral candidate and our two uh, city council candidates. We're missing one, uh, but we'll get with him later. But I'm going to bring them on. Here we go. All right. Dr. Worley, you can see him? Yes, I can. Hello, hello, hello. She talked to y'all, man. Y'all can't hear us? No, I don't think they can. You can't hear Dr. Worley? Hmm. Let's see something here. Okay, hold on. Hold on, Dr. Worley. We're going to get this straight. Okay. So why are we not hearing Dr. Worley? Okay, it says you have unmuted my mic. So maybe, okay. can you all hear me now? Can y'all hear Dr. Worley? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, here we go with this now. Let's see. Give me one second, guys. Try Dr. Worley. Can you all hear me now? No. I don't know what's going on. We're going to figure it out, though. Let me just get it straight, guys. All right. Hmm. All right. I don't know what's going on here. All right, guys, uh, we're going to come back to you guys. We're going to we're going to we're going to get it connected a different way. I'm going to send. I just sent Tammy a link. So y'all just click on that link and we're going to come in like that. OK. OK. Yeah, we're going to come in a different way. Y'all just log in through without Zoom, log in through the same platform we're on. I just sent her a link to her email. OK. All, all right. Uh, boy. All right, Dr. Worley, we're going to try it a different way here. OK. Um, we're gonna get him back on. I don't, I don't know what happened with that, but we're gonna we're gonna do it a different way. So while they're getting straight, uh, we're gonna we're gonna just talk about some other things um, as it relates to 
what we can do in the city of Donaldsonville, man. And uh, again, I appreciate you for coming on, but um, technology. <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, yeah, we, we, we've had some things that happened in Donaldsonville. Of course, we had the shootings. Um, we, our crime rate has increased tremendously in the city. Um, I feel like it's a couple of things that, that, that's contributing to the increase in crime and things of that. One is nothing for the kids to do. The city has nothing, absolutely nothing in Donaldsonville to do. Um, I know there's been some changes within the recreation department at school. I mean, in the parish, um, people taking over recreation, so on and so forth. Uh, but there's still nothing to do. Um, like I said, we talked earlier. I remember coming up. There was something to do in Donaldsonville. God rest his soul. Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know if he's passed and I haven't seen him in years. But Sonny King had a boys club in Donaldsonville. It's probably before a lot of people time. And, uh, you know, we had things to do. Uh, Jeffrey Rainey, Lord rest his soul, just recently lost him. Used to pick us up, bring us to Donaldsonville to the Sonny King Boys Club, where McDonald's is now was Sonny King's Boys Club. And we had things to do. We had recreation. He brought the WCW wrestling to Donaldsonville, man. Uh, we used to go to the parks. We had the pool. We had so on. There is nothing in Donaldsonville. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the resources on the east side is greater than what we're getting on the west side. Mm -hmm. But that's where leadership comes into play. Mm -hmm. Like, I know we can advocate for more than just the little water park by Sotil Pavilion. There's other things that could be done, you know. Um, and, and you know what? Um, I, I I agree. But what this, and I'm in leadership. Remember, like, one of my degrees and part half of the other one in doctorate is in leadership. And so I think about first, um, with, before anything can get done, let's just think about before we get to the things to do and getting all that together, we have to actually start, we have to have a plan, like, and everyone has to be a part of the plan. Like you can't have a select few on the plan. You have to have voices from different walks of life because you have different experiences and people have different experiences. And I guess I can use the example of me being in a school system with students. Me being 40 years old, what I may think a student may want or work toward may not be what they necessarily want to work for. Like that may not be what motivates them. So guess what I have to do? I have to go and talk to them to see what would push them. You know, what do they actually need? And so because we don't all come from the same places, we don't have the same experiences. We don't come from the same walks of life. We don't have the same education because, okay, Let's say we build a team because we want to develop some type of plan, right, for the city. Right. We need the educators on board. We need the community members. We need the business owners. We need the mayor. We need the councilman. We need the, you know, we need um, diversity on the team. And so that way you get the different areas covered. Like if you have, there's certain people that can talk to certain people. You know, certain people won't talk to me. But if I have certain people on my team that talk to a different group, we may be, you know, it may be okay. We may get somewhere. And so 
I, I think before, above all, we need to first think about let's build that team and not just elected officials. Let's build a good, strong team where we can have all areas covered. I know education. That's where all my degrees lie. So I mean, I may be a good person to consult with on certain things as far as um, dealing with education. Or like uh, Daryl Cumry, who was the principal at Lori Middle School. You know, we that's the world we live in. Okay, what about the property or the residence or the business? That's not my area. So I couldn't right. give any good advice on how <laughs> I, I couldn't. But as a leader, I know I need that piece of the puzzle because if you have a hundred, a hundred, if you you have a picture and a plan, like you need all the different pieces to get it done. So you can't have a few pieces and and expect to accomplish something. And I think because we are so divided, you know, we can't get anything done. We we we're too divided. Before we can come up with a plan for recreation, for businesses for education and getting things equalized on this side, we can't do it divided. Now we have to become one first because then we build that strength in all different areas. That way I got this group right here that's gonna execute. I have this group here that's gonna execute in this area. I'm covered, all my bases are covered. And so right now we can't fumble anymore we have had three shootings in the last what one or two months yes we can't fumble. we we can't afford to fumble the ball anymore i have family live that lives here i have a niece and a nephew that's going to going to these schools i need these schools to be top notch i don't need the vision because that will not get anything accomplished i need a team that's going to get it done but i need a diverse team I need everybody on the same page. And when you think about that plan, bring everybody to the table. Don't just bring some or those who may have a little bit more power. You you know what I'm saying? Like, because that's not gonna equalize, that's not gonna equalize the the the, the, the system. You know, so I, I just feel above anything, we need a strong plan, but that plan needs to come from a strong team where all our bases are covered because we can't fumble anymore, we can't go backwards. We can't. We have gotcha. people dying, senseless shootings, and it's happening back to back in our town. It's too small. It has to stop. We need a plan. We need a strong team. Get the team in place. Y'all, we can't we have to stop bickering against each other. We have to be stop being against each other. I don't see this one, that one. I see us. We make up the city. This is our city. This is my city. I care. I don't care that you... Come on. This is our city. We live here. I care. We need to do something. And we can't do it divided. It's not going to happen. You know, armies don't... They don't go into combat separate. They go as an army. (laughs) So you can just think about that. You Basketball games, do they go on the court alone? No, no. baseball game. Do they go on the field alone? No, no, they don't. I mean, we can yeah. use all those analogies. I mean, it's life. Let, let's all get on the same page. Let's build our team, come up with a plan, and, and then execute. Right. So, no. so you know, um, and I'm glad you said that. So, excuse me, the DCCC, which I am a part of, um, 
some of the things that you're talking about, we actually, uh, we're in the process of doing that. And mm-hmm. what it is, is that we, we, we started off, you know, in every organization, you start off rocky. Mm-hmm. Okay. You start off rocky. You want to do so much. And you want to do so much good when you forget to structure. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've done. And, and, you know, like me, uh, I'm graphic designer. I have to show, you know, I do this, I do that. So what we do, what we did was we put people in position where they are strong at, mm-hmm. you know, um, so, and, and, and right now that's what they're trying to do. And they're welcoming all members. Don't matter if you want to join and you want to be a part of change, you know, not foolishness. We, we're not trying to do, it's not foolishness. This is about change. They say big me, little you, or oh, I don't mess with that one. It, it can't be like, that's like going in the church. I think you spoke it earlier. It's like going in the church or, or someone spoke it and, and you're running, you're a politician in the church and you see the other politician in church, but you don't like that politician in church. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, in church, mm-hmm. you know, so that I have a problem with that. So, you know, like I said, we're, we are, we are a structuring a group to bring about change, not because there's an issue with this person, that person. I don't have an issue with nobody. What I have an issue with is the fact that so much time has gone. So much time has passed. Nothing has been accomplished. Nothing has been changed nor fixed. Oh, it's getting worse. That's what I have a problem with. You know, um, as a person, as an individual, I consider myself to be a, a Christian. Godly man. Can't walk around here with hate in my heart for somebody. I hate what I see as far as in the community. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Worley, I, I got no problem with you. I don't have a problem with you. But if you're not doing what you're supposed to do to bring about a change, I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. And see, a lot, I think a lot of people get that misconstrued. You know, they, they, they hate you, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might have a good heart. Mm-hmm. But just the way you doing business might not be. But they hate your period. I can't stand that person. And they'd be That's right up in the church. You. Yeah, right, but right you in church. well, you have to go in knowing that some people will not like you for being you. Some people will not like you for being positive. Some people will not like you for all the great things you're doing. Like if you go <sighs> knowing that, you won't be disappointed and discouraged. So I lead my life like this. Go in knowing that this one will not like you. This one, but it's not going to be because you're doing anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can be about all the positive things in the world. You will have people that don't like you. And you have to accept that, especially in a leadership role. Because some of this stuff has to roll off your shoulder. If you let everything bother you, you will not get anything accomplished. Me, personally, I don't like confusion, you know. But if it's chaos for the good or the betterment, I'm for it because I don't have to bring it in my house and live with it. That's right. You know That's what right. I'm saying? I That's can right. leave it out, you know, so right. for you know, a commu- that type of thing. But you have to be open to it. it's coming. It's guaranteed to come. Like you oh, as yeah. a leader, you have to say, it's coming at you, so be ready. Be ready. I mean, you be, have ready. To be ready. Be ready. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm glad you say that because when you're dealing with Politics, public office, education, so on and so forth. You know there are going to be things that's going to come your way. Mm-hmm. 
Right. But you got to be strong enough to be able to let that roll off the back of your neck. You, you have to. You, you have, have to. to be. You have to be. It's, it's going to come. You know, I mean, uh, uh, God, Jesus spoke about it. God spoke about it. It's, right. it's in the word. You said it's, it was going to be. Who, who said it's going to be? Easy? I mean, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I try to get people to understand, especially when dealing. I, I talk about I love politics. I don't know why, but I love the discussions. Right. And I, I tell people. <laughs> And, 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 you know, two things I was always taught not to talk about religion uh-huh. and politics. And I talk about both of them. <laughs> Me and my wife, she, you know, she, she, she's more versed in the word than I am, but mm-hmm. we get, we get in this little thing where we be discussing the word and, you know, but, but politics, I love discussing politics because I just love it. I just, I just like the debate stuff, you know, like, um, you know, education, like Daryl. I mean, Daryl talked about the, the the education that you spoke about earlier. And uh, they're coming. They're getting reset up, but they'll be on show. They, they're on their way. Okay. We talked about education. Education is key. It's key. And somebody asked why Ascension Parish West Side doesn't get the same benefits of Ascension Parish East Side. So one thing is money. One thing is money. You got to look at industry that they have over there that's paying all these tax dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing. I think to me, that's the, the main thing is, is money. So, but there was a budget that came out earlier early this year. I think uh, Daryl or someone shared it with me where they had X amount of millions of dollars came. And I think uh, the West Side only got like $7 million. Mm-hmm. And like people like Dutch Town got 14 or 21 million and this one got this amount of millions. And now I don't see where the West, the East side is lacking on anything as far as schools, as far as buildings, as far as uh, buildings that are tech ready. Mm-hmm. Dutch Town look like a little small community college mm-hmm. and EA is following suit. Mm-hmm. So Donaldsonville, they've been patching up the same building for how many years? The same high school building they've been patching up, adding a wing on, doing this and doing. When are they going to see that they need to do something with the school? Like uh, St. James High just built a school in St. James, right? Where they were bought out by YCI. They gave them X amount of money to build a new school. The whole school is a smart school. Mm-hmm. The technology is there, badge in, badge out, key in, a, a theater performing arts that was named after Fantasia Barino. Mm-hmm. Things of that nature. Donaldsonville don't even have a performing arts department, I don't think. And no. they have, t- and there is talent in that small community. What is going to take for the powers that be, or the representatives that represent that area? What is going to take for them to fight for that? I mean, am I wrong or am I missing something? What, what is going to take to no. get the same opportunities? I just think, um, well, me being a researcher, right, and and having to have all facts, like I don't know all the facts, um, I don't mm. know the budget, and maybe I, I need to start doing my homework, right? <laughs> I really do need good. to start doing my homework. Uh, so I don't know what was posed, what was allocated, what could have gone somewhere and did not go somewhere. And I can't say I can fairly speak on it because I don't know exact numbers and what was allocated for what to be distributed where, because that's not really the world where I'm at right now. However, I do 
feel that in uh, leadership roles, it is our duty to ensure that whatever um, money is allotted to wow. do something, you know, spectacular or something extra or something to better the the the, the school system or the educational system. I think it should be mm-hmm, done. Mm-hmm. But I can't speak specifically mm-hmm. and say what it is because that's why we put leaders in the seat to be that voice when someone like me cannot be at the table, you know, and it has to be someone that we can trust to be that voice for us and going to do the right thing for the betterment of our city. Now, I'm not right. saying that that was not done because I'm saying I don't know the facts. I don't know the numbers. I am ignorant in that area, but I need to do better. Mm-hmm. But I do know right, that right. It is just, that's the responsibility and Everyone needs to be held. They need leaders would have to be held accountable. But you know what else though? I also think we can also improve on um, letting us giving the city information. Like I think maybe we need some type of communication, like better communication about you know what's being done, what's allocated, what's there, what's going here. And I know it's somewhere. Like you can go look it up, but the average person won't go look in like fine prints or documents to find things. Like I know that for sure. Um, so maybe some type of, and you know, technology is huge today. Maybe some type of media uh, discussion just to talk about what the budget was, uh, what was allocated, where it was used, that type of thing. Uh, I think that would, would be a little better and get others, we don't have the same ideas. Like get other people on board to contribute ideas of what we can get in the city to better it. Like what right. what do we see out? What can our students use? And I think that's when you go, you say, okay, let me go get my education people, right? Because I don't build my mm-hmm. team. Let me, let me go get my education people that got these degrees in education and been in the system and they know these kids in Donaldsonville, what they need, what they want. Let me go consult with that group. Y'all come to the table with me. Let's look at this budget. What can we do here? So see, it still goes back to that that team. What can we do with the team to get things done? Like I said, I'm not sure about the budget. I can't speak on that. You're actually good. Um, You're actually good. We all should be held accountable. Yeah. Even citizens all should play a role. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, and and, and you're absolutely correct, man. It it takes a team. Uh, It takes everyone. you know, all of this is like, it's, it's, it's touchy, you know, because it's very touchy, you know, um, it's just going, it's just going to take, it's going to take, it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to take time. It's going to take people to want to change, uh, and bring about change. I'm still over here working, trying to get them, (laughs) trying to get them on, man. I have no, I just sent them the, the, Link this, so I sent it back to him. Yeah, but it's gonna take time, and I apologize, Doctor Worley. I'm just trying to take. That's why you know I tell people to log on early so we can work out all the kinks and make sure we're straight. But yeah, it's it's just gonna take time, and people got to people got to realize that that uh, without togetherness, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not going to work. And that's why I, I say this, and I'm gonna continue to say this. Nobody is, is, is hating on no one. No one has a problem with no one. We just want change. We want to see where you, like, I want to see where you 40. So um, you say you're 40, so I'm 45, mm-hmm. so we're 50. 
where we could just sit in the house with our door open past eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like you can't do that now. Mm-hmm. Well, at one time we could sit with our door open past eight o'clock, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I hate to say it, it's our young people mm-hmm. that that's out here, you know, uh, don't have regard for women, you know, uh, everything is the itch word and this word. And then the, our women answer to that. What's it, wrong it, with us? It, and I guess it's glorified now. Like, for some reason, it's cool to be the what we used to say was the negative and the things that we did not want to be is for some reason now is the positive. And <laughs> I'm not sure when that switch happened. Um, and it's almost like I demand respect. Like, you're right. going to respect me. But now... You got no choice. You're going to respect me. You ain't got no choice. You don't have a choice. You will respect me or you will not communicate with me. (laughs) You know? But but now, I mean, they're just accepting. I mean, but I think it's uh, part of, um, you know, media, the TV, the, the internet. Um, if I had to say anything to my young ladies, um, I also had a girls group at Donaldsonville High School um, because I love mentoring females. One mm-hmm. of the reasons for the exact thing you just said, you know, um, just to make sure you always you educate yourself, think highly of yourself, and don't let anyone put you down. And no matter right. what, if anything ever happens, you can always take care of you. You know, that way you don't have to accept someone else calling you, you know, whatever. And I know we're kind of feeling off the topic, but. Yeah, (laughs) but it's all good. Yeah, yeah. uh, Well, Dr. Wheeler, we finally got the guys here. Okay. Look, we got them here. And guess what? We got them here. And I'm going to do this right quick. Since we got them here. We're going to give them a round of applause since they finally got in here. <laughs> so without further ado, Dr. Brown, I mean, Dr. 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 Worley, I'm sorry. I know a Dr. Brown is my doctor. So without further ado, Dr. Worley, we have the gentleman here. We have the candidates for mayor, for mayor and we have the candidates for city council. Uh, we're going to bring them on to the camera and I'm going to let you take over from there. Okay. Got there it. We go. There we Hello. go. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, Dr. Brown. I'm happy to be here. Okay. Can y'all hear me? Y'all Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Okay. Loud and clear. All right. So I'm going to quickly go over. Um, I'm going to start with the councilman first. Okay. Um, I have six questions. Well, I'm going to give you three minutes for each question. However, if I feel that you need to elaborate a little bit more because of clarity, like we need to get more clarity, I may ask a follow-up question. Okay? Just so everybody who's listening is um, get a clear understanding of your vision. Okay? Alright? And we're going to start with Mr. Kurt, and then Travis, you will be the second one that will be responding to the question. So, without further ado, Mr. Kurt Mitchell, how are you, Mr. I'm sorry, say that again? How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. Good. So you are a product of Donaldsonville, correct? Yes, ma'am. I'm a lifelong resident of Donaldsonville. Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Okay, like I said, I'm a lifelong resident of Donaldsonville. I uh, was educated at Donaldsonville High and Nickel State University. Uh, I spent some time working in the medical field. Um, after that, I went into the industrial petrochemical field, and I've been working in the plants around here for, I would say, about 27 years. Mr. Fernandez, take it away. All right, my name is Travis Fernandez. I'm currently employed at Tri Electric and Controls. I've been doing electrical, uh, le le I'm an electrician, and I've been doing it for over 25 years. Uh, I, I pretty much do it all, but you know, some things that, <laughs> that I, uh, I'm, I'm, currently, I'm currently grad, but I, to be honest with you, I, there's some things that I, I need to discuss that uh, that been taught in the city of Downsville. I'm a lifelong resident of 47 years. Graduated Downsville High School. Graduated uh, ABC uh, Technical College, and I'm uh, say I'm uh, currently an uh, electrical supervisor for Tri Electrical Controls. All righty, and Mr. Price, mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Glenn Price. And I'm from Downsville, Louisiana. Uh, I actually left home when I was 17. Went into the United States Army. Lived most of my adult life in Houston, Texas, and Atlanta, Georgia. I attended school at Central Texas College in Colleen, Texas. That's right outside of Fort Hood, Texas. And then I went to Houston to uh, continue my education at Texas Southern University in Houston studying business management and minoring in political science. I left Atlanta seven years ago, came home, and when I got home, I seen some things that Donaldsonville had lost, and I decided that I was gonna get involved with the local government, and I kept that for the entire seven years since I've been here. And now that we got this election, I decided to run from there because I got some ideas, I got a vision, that I think can bring Donaldsonville back to where it was when I was raised here, we were very proud of it. Okay, thank you, sir. All right, so the first question, you have three minutes, Mr. Kurt Mitchell. If elected as councilman, what do you hope to accomplish as the city council member? Okay, well, if I'm fortunate enough to be elected as a city councilman, my goal is to turn this thing around. Right? I'm not cutting no corners about it. We've been going like this, and we need to go like this. right? So we need to bring some jobs here for the people. Uh, of course, we all know what's going on with, with the uh, violent crime that's happened here recently. That has to be addressed. We need to address the recreation here in the city so these kids have something to do. All of this is a part of my vision for Donaldsonville to turn this around. I mean, like I said, I've been living here my whole life. My children are here. I chose to stay here. I know that there are people who choose to leave, and I'm, I'm not arguing with them, and I certainly understand why. But I choose to stay here and rebuild this city. And it needs to be rebuilt because it's been torn down. Uh, and that comes from bad leadership. And, and I don't want to point the finger at anybody in particular because it's a collective of bad leadership. And that's just the facts about it. Now, it's a two-way street because the people in the community, we have, we have a responsibility also. Right? So the onus is on us, and we can do what we can do. 
But when you elect somebody and you put them in office, you're putting them there to fight for you, to stand up and do the right thing for you. And I expect them to do that. And that hasn't been done. So that's where I'm at with it. I plan on turning this city around. And I expect to get feedback and input from every aspect of the community. Because I'm going to be out there telling them, I need you. I need you that's standing on the corner. I need you that's going to work every day. I need you, officer. I need you, Miss school teacher. We need to work together to do this because it's a monumental task, but it's going to happen. Okay, you talked about, you listed like the jobs, you listed like recreation. Like what would be your top out of all, like those that you listed, what would be like that top number one priority uh, going in if elected? Well, these things work in unison. Okay. So I'm going to separate and say this one is more important than that one because they're all tied together and we need them all. Uh, these kids need something to do after school that will keep them out of trouble. Not just to keep them out of trouble, but to help build character. You know, this is what this is what recreation is all about. I participated in the, in the recreation when I was a youth. I've been a, uh, a volunteer football coach with the Redskins. I know what it means to these kids to be involved in their life personally like that. But we also need to have jobs around here so when they graduate from school or college, they're somewhere that they can come and be employed to take care of themselves and their family. Something that makes them say, hey, I want to be in Dallasville. I want to be a part of my city. So I'm not going to separate them. They all need to work together. Those things are interconnected. Okay. So what I hear you saying, Mr. Kurt, is if elected, I need to hold you accountable for you know, making sure voice right, making sure that you are looking out for the betterment of the city of Downsville as a whole, as it relates to jobs, as it relates to the recreation for the kids, because all those things work in unison. Correct? Yes, ma'am. I expect I expect every citizen of Downsville, not just in District Two, which is the district I'm running in. I expect every citizen to hold me accountable. That's what I want because I'm holding them accountable. So I'm pointing fingers at them. I want them to point fingers at me. We're gonna work. We're gonna do this thing together. That's the only way it can be done. And so yeah. So I'm. I have a loud voice. It's <laughs> gonna be heard constantly, not just on social media, door to door, talking to people in the community. So I expect them to say, "Well, Kurt, you said you were gonna get this done. Why it didn't happen? If it didn't happen, I want to be able to explain to them this is why it didn't happen. I got resistance from this, from that. I'm gonna put pressure on everybody." That's my plan, and I hope everybody's ready for it because it has to happen. Okay, so and this is like a follow-up question. I'm just thinking is, so how would you plan to keep the community informed? Because I know right now a lot of people, you know, I hear people say, oh, I don't know. And I know things are in fine print, but, you know, a lot of people don't really go read the fine print things. How would you yeah, keep well, because we Because we're in 2020 and this platform we're on right now, this social media platform, I would like to have the city meetings. I would like to have those done live on Facebook Live or, or either recorded that the, the citizens can go to the Donaldsonville website and watch the city meeting and be informed and understand what's going on, who's doing what, who's, who's uh, leading in this, whose opinions or these things about these particular topics. I want them to be informed about that. I do plan on, in my district, if I'm elected, to have a District 2 Facebook page so all of the citizens of District 2 can go to that page 
every day. They can give me their feedback. They can tell me their concerns. There's no excuse for me if I am their representative, you know, because they'll have a way to contact me every single day. And I'm always on social media. Y'all know that. So I'll, I'll get it. We'll get it done. Thank you so much, Mr. Kurt Mitchell. Okay, right. Mr. Fernandez. What do you hopeless to accomplish if elected as city council member? Well, first of all, we need to be open-minded with the people. That's one thing. There's a lot of things that have been hidden for a long time, and it's, it's, it don't make sense. A prime example, the, the Prevost Memorial Hospital, where everybody believing that the hospital was going to close. That was never the case. So they undermined our people. We were supposed to have different things happening right here in this community, and we never, it never happened. The word never got out. We don't... We don't let the people know about the, 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 the council meetings. We already allow the chief, reading the chief and, and, and those aspects. Uh, with things like that, uh, the amount of energy that you're putting into this, this election and the amount of energy you're putting on social media to ask people for your votes and, and whatsoever. I mean, we need, to, we need to hold these people accountable. I'm sorry, I've been living here for a long, a very long time. And just like Kurt said, I'm done. I'm done with it. I could have left. We could have went anywhere in the world we wanted to go. But it was my calling to sit here. Hey, enough is enough. Enough is enough. You see, whatever, it, it hurts my feeling that when you go to a council meeting, a certain councilman say, hey, you can ask the question, but I can't answer. I don't mean you're going to get an answer. That hurt my feelings. But guess what? If Miss Ethel or a 77-year-old lady go in there, would you, how are you going to treat her? So they let me know some things are personal. You know, even in science and people yard. I mean, if you see a sign of a opponent in the yard and everything, I mean, over time, you're going to say, well, he voted for such and such. I ain't going to do nothing for him. You know, because instead of asking me a question, hey, what can I do to, to get your, gain your trust? It just, it's just a lot of things that transpired over time that should have never happened. Never happened. So, Mr. Fernandez, uh, you know, I heard, I heard you, you know, talk about, like, the, the process of, like, when you go to a meeting to kind of, like, ask a question. So, if you were councilman, how would you change that? Like to make everyone feel, um, uh, be able to answer a question. So is it a certain protocol? Like how would you handle that? Well, the thing going on right now is social media. And like I'm walking around lobbying from door to door, asking people for votes myself. That's the same way I'm gonna treat people. I will not vote on anything that the people the community don't know about because we got a lot of stuff that's going on. The tax dollars, we raise some taxes, we get the least amount of, uh, Infrastructure in our neighborhoods, we just cut dwindling. The thing is dwindling down slowly but surely. And, and what hurt me the most is if we pick and choose who we want to help. We're not helping everybody. We're not helping everybody. It's just picking and choosing. It's, it's sad to say that election time, we've been complaining about roads and lights and for all these years. Now, election time, like Christmas time, it should be Christmas time every day, every day in Donaldsonville. And it's disgusting. It really is. I hear people talking about the city of Donaldsonville, and guess what? I don't say nothing, but it hurt my heart that I've been living here. And like, 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 like I said, Kurt said earlier, hey, I could have left easily, easily, with no doubt. I got two beautiful daughters, I got four beautiful daughters, and guess what? That's my future. It ain't about me. It's about them. I don't care less about the money. It's about leadership. It's about holding people accountable. It ain't, it ain't about that. We go to City Hall, and I just feel like I'm wasting my time. And that's just the way I feel. I'm here. Now, if it was your first term in office, guess what? I'll swallow my pride. But guess what? It's been three or four terms that we ain't see a doorknob on a turkey. You got what I'm saying? Okay. 
Thank you so much for your Thank you so much for you. I can see you right now. Uh, you are really passionate and you are. I am. I really am. I am. Yeah, I really am. Thank you so much. Okay, this is our second question. Mr. Kurt Mitchell, how do you, how have you already been volunteering? What kind of volunteer work are you involved in in the city? Well, like I said earlier, uh, and first let me, let me, um, just serving, it really doesn't have to be volunteering, maybe serving anything that you're doing in the community to make an impact. Okay, uh, first, before I go into the answer, I just want the people that's watching to understand that you're getting the type of responses that you're getting because we are very, very involved in our community. We, uh, we care about what's happening here. We've been like, we've been living here for a long time, and, and you just get fed up with things, you know, you get frustrated. And uh, you hate to hear the things that's being said about your hometown when you go right across the river. Yeah, I work over there. I hear these things all the time. Everything is negative. But as far as to the question that you're, um, you're asking me, uh, like I said earlier, I was a volunteer football coach uh, with the Little League football team for the Redskins. Um, I am a, a constant mentor in the community. It's all over, not just in my district. It's all over the town. Uh, there was a time that we set up for uh, after-school tutoring. I volunteered at the school to read to the kids at the primary school. There's all kinds of, I mean, I, there's all kinds of things that you don't think of it as, oh, I'm volunteering in the community. Right, yeah. You know? yeah, when it's naturally part of you, you really don't think about it. It's the same in education. We do things, and it takes other people to point it out, like, you know, and like, okay, yeah, that is true, you know, because we yeah. naturally do, you know, we would naturally do things. Um, and then I just want to kind of um, touch back and go back to what you said earlier, um, Kurt, before you answered that question about, you know, I want everybody who's listening, you know, if they're very passionate and you can hear it in their voice, um, this is not a negative segment. Um, it's only passion that's coming out. Uh, and it's not a griping session, but they're just expressing their thoughts about a town or a city that they've been living in and they're very passionate about. So um, thank you, Mr. Kerr, for just expressing that and bringing that out. But I thank you all so much for um, explaining to us, you know, how you feel, what your views are, and what your vision is for the city. Okay, so the, the question, this question goes to you too, Mr. Fernandez. Um, what type of volunteer work are you involved in in the community or are you serving and doing anything uh, uh, currently. Well, to answer that question, it's kind of disheartening at the same time because when, when you got a when you got a wife that's actually that goes to city hall and implement a plan and do stuff for kids, and you know, all of a sudden you get told that 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 plan it ain't gonna work, it ain't good enough. So how you know it ain't gonna work if you don't try? So I mean, at the same time, this ain't no shout out to this ain't no. I don't want nobody to get this messed up. But it, the same year, my wife. In 2010, was going with uh, Bright Futures, and that's, that was a successful program in Donaldsonville. It really was. I supported it and I liked it. And this lady, I I won't call her name, but you know, she did a, a, a darn good job with it. And I'm I'm, I'm 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 trying to figure out why where it went wrong. That well, we don't have that no more. We don't have that kind of stuff. So when you tell your wife, hey, you stand behind her and you, and you go to and you go to City Hall and then all of a sudden she come back and said, they told me it wasn't going to work, you know, where are you supposed to go at? I mean, so we just we just start taking things upon ourselves to start doing things our own way. So 
we started donating clothes and shoes to the families around Donaldsonville, like old school clothes and stuff that I, that was actually good for the community. So we've been trying to implement a plan to do some other stuff, but it's hard when you when you, when you think your idea ain't good enough, and then you try to help somebody, and then all of a sudden the people that you look up to ain't there for you. Okay, so I hear you talk about these plans. So, um. Let's go into the plans a little bit more, like detail, because you said like you felt that your plans were kind of like shot down. Let's talk about specifically what would that plan, what would what would those plans look like for the city of Donaldsonville? Well, we do a nonprofit organization right now. We're working on that right as as we speak, and and uh, a lot of things we're trying to teach young kids how to be young entrepreneurs. When I came up in the, when I came up in this city, we had Mr. Daddy Green that had the best hot sausage pork boys around here. We had Miss Gertrude Taylor that had if your kid came to the store and she and, and you had no money, she made sure that you you let you that you left with something. Miss Gertrude McKinney, the made sure that kids stayed off the streets. You know, I just staff a knock on me, just opened up a store, no, nobody wanted to support his business, a black owned business. That's the kind of stuff that I, I I cherish because that would make me the person I am. All our educators used to be living in their neighborhoods. Right now, that 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 done left. It ain't no more. It ain't no more. It's just, it's sad to say that, but it hurts my heart when people come back. You leave this town, you go let other people know what you're worth, and you come back and try to do something, and all of a sudden you leave and nobody knows why. Nobody knows why. Oh, we got such and such at the high school. Oh yeah, we good. Now we're getting people over here that don't care about nothing. You make one mistake, you're out of there. They're gonna say, oh, they got Richard, oh, Kurt Mitchell's son. All right. Not Kurt Mitchell's son, not that guy there. I don't believe that. You know, and that's the kind of stuff we deal with these days. And it's sad. It's sad. We need to start, need to start grabbing our kids, teaching them how to own their own businesses instead of opening up liquor stores and drug stores. That's all we good for. I'm, I'm sick of it. We get taxed the most and we see the least. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, to wrap this question up, um, I, and I see that you all have some concerns. And so what I'm hearing you all say is that the concerns that you are having, you plan to have some type of strategic plan put in place to actually um, ameliorate the situation, right? To make it better. And so... I know that, you know, we see things that's here that we don't think, well, we know may not be right, could be better, you know, but I think the bigger question too is, you know, going in thinking, okay, I'm not okay with this. However, um, there needs to be a specific plan for this because I don't like it, okay? And so we talk about the issues that we're seeing, you know, let's also make sure we Talk about those specific action steps that we can take to turn um, this thing around. Okay, so I'm gonna go into number three, um, and we're back to you, Mr. Mitchell. Do you feel there is a waste in the city budget? And if so, please cite specific areas where you would reduce funding or change some things. What do you mean by waste in the city budget? Like, do you think there some there's something in the budget that it really could be going somewhere else. So you mean like we're spending money on something that we should That's be not necessarily that, and you may, could spend it on something more importantly. Okay. Uh, 
I'm not going to say so much that it's a waste in the city budget. I'm going to say it's a mismanagement of funds. That's what I see. Um, there's a lot of projects that when you look at, uh, let's take the uh, the upgrade at Crescent Park, for instance. It's beautiful, right? We all like it. It looks nice. I know you're out there pretty push-ups. Y'all out there all the time. Like Crescent Park. When y'all got to use the restroom, where do you go? They spent all that money on that park. And they didn't even put restrooms out there. That's a shame. That's a so good point. And they didn't put a restroom. That is insane. And you're talking about the city council and GSA and all of the planning that went into it. And they didn't even put a toilet. That's what I'm talking about. It's mismanagement of funds. It's more of mismanagement. Uh, you can see the same thing with the top of the left. You know, where they did the brickwork and the benches and the lights. All of that. That was almost a million dollars spent. We did the research on that, looked at the estimates of how much this stuff cost. We talked to an independent contractor, how much they would have charged for it. Roughly $350,000. So where do you believe the money should have gone? Or do you believe that it shouldn't have been as much money? Tell us what, explain. Well, if... If we had access to that money, and it could be if it wasn't allocated to a special thing, because sometimes money is allocated to specific things, right? If money allocated to a park, then it has to go to the park. So if that's the case, then we should put a bathroom in the park. Right? But if we're just talking about general funds, right, then there's there's other things that we can address, like the Lemon Center. Have you been in there lately? That's a question. Have you been in the Lemon Center lately? It's embarrassing. It's poor lighting. It's run down. The bathrooms, I wouldn't let my daughter use the bathroom in there. And if anybody saw the picture of the stove that's in there for us to use to cook on, you'd be disgusted. So yeah, so that's, that's somewhere where funds could be reappointed. Instead of on top of the levy. Where, and I like, I like the way it looks. I'm not going to lie to you. But that's a lot of money. When our kids need somewhere to go, you know, there's basketball courts throughout the city. There's a couple of basketball courts that run down. They're not even in safe spots. One is right by a ballroom. So what you're saying is you would shift it more into different areas of like recreation. Is that what you're saying? Like more for the things for the kids to do? Is that what you're stating? I'm saying yes. That definitely you can take money and redirect where it's going unless it's allocated to a certain thing. Now, like if you get a grant and it's allocated to a specific thing and you can't use it for anything else, well, then we're going to optimize it on that particular thing. If it's optimized, if, if it's directed specifically to a park and upgrading of a park, guess what? When I'm in office, we'll have a bathroom at the park. Okay. Okay. All right, Mr. Fernandez. Yeah. Same question. Do you feel that there is a, a waste in the budget or where money can be like allocated maybe to another area to maybe fund something else that may be needed in the city? What do you what are your thoughts on that? Yes. <laughs> uh, we can start off by talking about the Lapelican. Everybody remember the ship that they bought and we we we, we bought it from the Sunshine Bridge and it, it sunk and it's still back there right now. That was a wasted funds. That's wasted funds right there. We could have used that for something else. Was this hard? It is. We allow this ain't no shot at the church, but I, it, it, Lower Middle School 
was a high school, then it changed it to a middle school. We could have used that park. We, I, I think Donaldsonville should have drew a barrier around this town and had the first choice to buy that school before we let anybody else come in here and take it from us. That's a lot of a lot of people grew up over there. My, me being personally, I, I think I think it was a, I think we should have we should have got that. It's history. It's history. It's history. Is everything. I know you see a lot of I didn't. And it took me a while to realize that Lori was a high school when I saw all the alumni out at the homecoming. So that's some stuff that was near and dear to my heart. You know, and it's sad to say that a while back that they sold that property for little or no money because of something happened a while back. And it's always, you always can put money in some, somewhere else. I'm sick and tired of people like that coming in and, and trying to beautify your city. Like you can name every park. I can't name one park right now that Donaldsonville is self-funded. You go to Lori, that was funded by the parish. You can go to behind Lori, that was funded by the church and uh, LSU, I want to say. That a water park, that was funded by the parish. I mean, it's, it's just it's disheartening. Then you got the park back here by the substation, by right now for uh, St. Patrick Street. So let me ask this question. This is a follow-up question to the question that I just asked. So let's pretend that you all, you two were given the budget. How would you actually make the decision about what process would you actually go through to say, this is where I'm going to allocate this, this is where I'm going to allocate that? Like, what process do you plan to go through? Who would how would you plan to consult? Would you complain to consult with anyone? Would you do a survey of the city? Like, how would that work for you specifically? Well, we, we would definitely consult with other municipalities and see what's been working for them. But we got a great example across the river in Gonzales with what they're doing. So we can communicate with them and get some ideas on how they did things and, and what went right and what obstacles they faced and what went wrong. Um, but we'll prioritize things. We'll see what the budget is and what it allots for. And if it's, if, I mean, you can only do so much. You can do what the budget allows you to do. But then there's other things that you can do to increase the budget. Uh, we, we are in a, a uh, what they call an opportunity zone. So there's a lot of grants and loans that's available for Townsendville. And that's because we're a city that is suffering from, from poverty. You know, we become eligible for these things because of that. So we can take advantage of these funds that are available. And I know Mr. Ed Price, our state senator, uh, he spoke about a bunch of different programs that's available. And we have to ask the question, why are we not utilizing that now? Now, I'm not involved in the conversations that the city council's having behind the scenes. I don't know. But I'd like to know, why are we not utilizing these funds that are available to our city? Okay. All right. Thank you all so much for your responses to that question. Now, this next question, I want you all to really think about this one because this is this this is really touching for me. And I know in our community right now, it's really touching for a lot of people that's listening. Um, we've had three recent shootings. Um, it's heartbreaking. Um, and I don't want you all to uh, talk about what it's happening because we already know what's happening, right? We know we have crime. We know we have these shootings. But I want you all to kind of talk about specifically if you were elected, um, what would you do specifically to try and fix what's going on with the crime in our city? And I'm, I'm going to say this again. 
I don't want them to become a griping session and a, like, because we all know what's going on. We're, we're here. I'm here. You are here. We know what's going on. We want to know, the public wants to know specifically, what would you plan to do about the crime that's being committed in our city if you were elected as consulate? Okay. Well, one thing, you see these areas in town, you look at them and they are conducive to drawing in a criminal element. And we all know where they are. We all ride around town and see. If you live here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, these things need to be addressed, right? So there are codes that need to be enforced in, in some of these areas that will clean these areas up because it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's totally ridiculous. It looks like nobody cares, right? So you have representatives from the city council in all of these areas, and they're not involved at all. You will see me in those areas, and I'm Travis will be by my side, Mr. Glenn too. You'll see us there. We have, right now we're being uh, policed by the Ascension Parish Police Force. I personally have seen the sheriff's officers avoid these areas. I've watched them avoid these areas. So we need to have some type of uh, relationship with the sheriff to let him know, hey man, Look, your officers ain't patrolling this thing right. They're not doing the right thing. Because, look, the police, police don't, they're not going to be there to uh, basically to stop the crime. They can kind of react to the crime. But if their presence is there, it can, it can kind of make people say, you know what, maybe I won't do this right now. There's an officer here. We know where the, where the areas in town where the problems are the most. They should be heavily patrolled. That's not happening. So we need a relationship with the sheriff's office. We need to enforce the codes that we have in, in that's already on the charter. Uh, and we need to, we really do need to have, look, the citizens have to be held accountable also. So we need to reach out as leaders, whether we're elected or not, and communicate with these people in the area to let them know, this we can't have this. We can't. We just can't have it. Look, we can't have a block full of trash laying out like that. Can't. We can't. We can't have people walking around with guns out. We just we just can't have that. Right? So it's it's gonna take a community to do this. This is not something that one councilman or one mayor or one police officer or one parent can solve. We all have to work together to do that and, and it's gotta be to the point right now where everybody wants this to stop. Thank you. So this is what I heard you say. I heard you say one thing you will focus on is enforcing codes. The second thing would be enforcing police presence. And the third thing would be building a relationship with those people that live in those communities. So that was three specific things that I heard you say. Am I correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, Mr. Fernandez, um, if elected as a councilman, what would be something specifically you would try to um, implement to uh, try and fix the crime in the city of Thompsonville? Well, first of all, you gotta figure out how this all began. It was like cancer. You saw it when it started off. You did nothing about it. 
you were supposed to fix it before it got this big. That's, right. That's the issue we have right now. We got elected officials scared to walk in their own district. That's right. It is disheartening. I'm telling you right now, it's disheartening. And I'm, I'm very passionate about a lot, a lot of them guys that I know that they're back there. And I'm a good football player, good athletes all around. I mean, they really, really. When somebody gets murdered in Dallasville, Friday night, just say Friday night, Saturday morning, they got the police doing uh, checkpoints and all that. Now you're harassing people that you don't really need to harass. Curry had a, a brought up a good point. You need to create a relationship with the police, with the police force, instead of having somebody who don't have no passion for nobody. Instead of just coming over here arresting people, oh, you're not wearing inspection sticker, or you're not wearing your seatbelt. I can care less about either one of those. When I see a man laying in the street, lost his life, or a senseless act. It, it, it's disheartening. And I'm telling you, I'm real passionate about it, about everything I do. And anytime anybody, anywhere, can say anything about Donaldsonville, I'm hot. But Kirk pretty much summed it up. He summed it up. He really did, did a good job. Um, yeah, because I heard you said the same thing. Um, he said pretty much community policing and building those relationships. Um, yeah, you got to have, have somebody that's passionate about it. You just can't have nobody say, oh, I'm arrest them. You can't go in there with that mentality. You got to go in there and say, let me help these people. That's what we need. That's what that, love thy neighbor. You know, we it takes a community to build. I mean, if you see something, say something. I mean, I'm, I'm with it. Thank you so much. All right, and the uh, last question for you all. Um, Mr. Kirk. If elected, what would you do to improve our public schools? Now, remember, I'm an educator now. I'm an educator. <laughs> you better have me in that class somewhere. You better have Mr. Cummery somewhere. <laughs> but, um, if elected, um, what would you do to improve our public schools? Well, there has to be a relationship with our school board representative because the representative is, this is basically their era their area, right? So we have to we have to be there as a supporting force to whoever our school board representative is at the time. Uh, I do believe that as a as a city councilman, my presence at all the schools should be visible, not just at special events. I think I should pop up there all the time. I'd like to communicate with the kids and the teachers. My wife is a teacher. She teaches at, she's actually the teacher of the year. I have thought that. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So, so, okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm connected to uh, the school because of my wife, but because of my kids um, and the kids in the community. Like I said, I coached a lot of these kids and I have a special love for them. So I feel like my elected official who represents me should be there with those kids, letting those kids know, I care about you. I'm concerned about you. Let me give you some pointers. Let me show you a possibility in life. Like I grew up across the body on 6th Street, right? Right by the projects. And I want those kids to know, you don't have to just commit crime. You don't have to just do athletics, even though I was a good athlete. You don't have to do that. It's okay. It's cool to be smart. It's cool. So I want to be a presence in those in the school. 
So I hear you saying being a presence and being a building relationships. Like I know in the education that is huge because as a teacher, as an administrator in the school, if you don't if you don't build relationships with those kids, like you can, everything else will go out the window. It's like they right. say, um, they they don't care unless they know you care or something like that. I don't forget how it goes, but something like yeah, they don't care until they know you care. I think that's how it goes. But the relationship is important. Um, when you but when you think about resources also. How would you um, plan to like improve the resources? Because I hear a lot of people um, talk about like the resources on this side versus the east side, and that it, there's no uh, equality there, and there are equity issues. We have multiple things that you know people are concerned about. So as far as resources and equalizing the system for the kids on the west side. What would you do? What would be? What's your vision? What would you do? Well, we just had a hundred and forty-six million dollar millage pass, and for the for the parish, and like six million went to the west side out of one hundred forty-six million. So that's something that needs to be addressed through the school board. But uh, other possibilities are there to get finances. See, we have one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, fertilizer plants in the nation. In the world, I think, yeah. right here at, at CF, and they're doing a $41 million expansion now. Yes. So there's no good excuse for them not to put money into our kids. So we should tap into that. That's the resource that's there for us. Now, I don't know if they've been approached by our elected officials or not. I can't speak to that. We won't know either because they don't do anything transparent. So that you won't know. So let me give you this example. Let's say, um, Let's say you have, we give you however much money you want. How would you, how would you use that money to improve the school system on the west side? What would you do first? Or what resources would you provide? Like, how would you better education on the west side with that money? I would, I would, I would uh, try to implement some more STEM programs for the kids. Um, I would also like to uh, encourage teachers to be residents of Donaldsonville. That way they're invested in our kids, right? Because they're a part of the community. We used to have that and we don't have it anymore. Um, I wish I did have the money. <laughs> but uh, we can get the money, like I said, we can get it from CF. They're there, they're not doing anything. I want uh, air quality monitoring at that primary school. We are deadly close to that plant. And I need to know that my children and my wife are safe while they're there. So we should be monitoring that air. And if that air is below standard and below quality, CF should move our school. You know, and I understand that that was something that was brought up once before. Well, it needs to continuously brought up, be brought up until it happens. But yeah, we need to, we need to uh, monitor that air. Also, we'd like to implement some community programs that involve the parents, right? Because that's a, like I said, my wife is a teacher, so I know there's some kids that come to school they're not prepared, right? Because we have generations that's, that's fallen by the wayside. So we need programs to help the parents to understand how to educate their kids and prepare them better to go into these uh, atmospheres at school. A lot of times, like we live in poverty, we just talked about the crime, there's a lot of poverty. So you have these kids with a lot of stress and strain from different areas when they're at home and they can't, it's, it's very difficult for them to focus on schoolwork. 
So we have to be able to teach the parents how to how to focus those kids and guide them in the right area. You know, keep them focused on their schoolwork. Recreation plays a good part in that too, by the way. Recreation is tied to everything. Thank you so much for your response, Mr. Mitchell. Mr. Fernandez, if given the money, what resources or what programs would you bring to Donaldsonville to improve education? Well, first of all, I know they have these uh, programs where you get to go to plants and everything. Uh, I mean, we can start young. We can actually start young with just with just, with just kind of just we don't have we don't have anything to lead the kids. First of all, we need to start about start with people who want to teach. All right, when we put the resources in the school, we got to make sure that I know every, every kid ain't ain't up standard or whatever you want to call it, but we need to grab these kids, the ones. What hurt me? What hurt me a lot is I see a lot of a lot of school buses from other parishes like Plaquemine and, 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 and across the river coming lobby and getting our kids, the small ones, and bringing them on the on the, the different taking our small kids. And I had I'm going to be honest with you, all four of my daughters was 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 going through that. But no, and when you talk about putting back into the community, I. I grew up, I went to Donaldsonville High School, I went to Lower Middle School. So with that being said, why why do we have to lobby for our kids to go to another parish, to go to another school so they can get the education where we can get it right here? And I, I think the question, we just need to get with the school board and hold these people accountable for, for the action. Like I said, Kurt said about the about the, the monitors, that's a that's a great idea. And it was brought up before, and that's a that's that's a darn good idea. But we need we need more for the kids to do. When I was growing up, I went to La 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 Field, and we we always had something to do. We never had time. Schoolwork, just play sports. If you if you did good school, you play sports. You go home, you enjoy yourself. But it's like I go to school, I'm in the streets, I'm in the streets. So they don't have they don't, they don't have that in between. They always, I I can't really explain exactly what it what it is, but they're not looking up to the, the role models no more. They just they just swaying off whatever they're doing. I just I just don't know. But and sometimes it can be, and I see this in education. Um, the programs that they're interested in are not available, and so the interest level goes down. And right. like the trade programs or those career tech programs, or you know the ones that they're interested in. Like everybody don't don't want to go to. Southern University. They don't want to go to the university. They may not yeah. want, you know, they might want to go to a trade or vocational, something like that. And so if they're not interested and they don't see a future, there's nothing there for them to work toward, they're gonna go astray. And I I'm speaking from experience because I see it every day. And the kids will tell you, I don't want to do that. But what they want to do is not available to them. And so the re when we talk about resources, I think that's something else we need to talk about. Um, you know, looking at who our kids are and what they are interested in and what they want to do and providing those different, like, you know, the variety of things that they can choose from because every child is not the same. They have a different, and I, the kids are talented. Oh my God, they are so, and I love the fact when, when yeah. the STEM, the STEM program, like with the science and the math and technology, like these kids can do things with this technology that would be mind 
blowing. Like most of the time, sometimes I have to go get the kids out to school to do something for me. You know, the kids know more than I do, but they can get around. But to advance their skills, those type of resources are needed, and, you know, to, to get them to where they want to be and where to go. If I'm not interested, guess what? I don't need to go to school. Like, why am I going? I'm going to go to sleep anyway when I, you know, so, um, you know, just kind of getting those, uh, a variety of programs that they're interested in and for different walks of life because everybody's not interested in the same thing. So having those different career paths. So you all, I thank you so much for your responses to that, um, those questions. I think we have to take like a short commercial break or something before we go into the questions for Mr. Glenn Hart, who is a candidate for mayor. Um, and so I'm going to turn it back over to Mr. Eric Jones. We can't hear you. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah, all right. All right. So I was saying we had some great context. Just now, man, I, I, man, a lot of good questions. Awesome answers by the candidates, man. Y'all doing an awesome job, man. Uh, Trevis, man, I, I feel the passion in your heart, bro. I, I really do, man. I, um, I was over here, man. My wife walked in and she said, man, they're, they're passionate. So, yeah, man, you grew up in a city where, you know, you know what used to be and now it's not anymore and nothing's happening. I'll be passionate, too. I applaud you guys for not moving your kids out of the community. I Kurt, I applaud you, man. Like I said, I know you've been in DV all your life, bro. And uh, Trevor, same thing, man. So I applaud you guys. But before uh, we go any further, man, I, I have a commercial for one of my sponsors. I have to play right quick. But uh, in between that time, we're going to play the commercial. We're going to come back and we're going to jump on Mr. Glenn. You ready over there, Mr. Glenn? Yes, sir. Mama, we all been waiting on. I'm waiting on you, man. So we're going to get this commercial out of the way. And once we do that, man, we're going to come back. We have a commercial coming from JPL Pleasing Barbecue, man. That's my brother, actually. And he in San Antonio, <laughs> Texas. So we're going to get this commercial going right quick. All right? Guys, uh, we're going we're gonna to continue with Mr. Glenn. Um, I just wanted to get the commercial out of the way. Uh, shout out to my sponsor, JLP Pleasing Barbecue Sauce, or JP Soul Food Kitchen and Catering, man. San Antonio, Texas. Shout out to Mr. James Peters and his wife, Miss Peter. That's my brother. Uh, he's doing a big thing down in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, if you're looking for some good barbecue, man, y'all just hit him up on Facebook, JP Food Kitchen and Catering. Or JLP pleasing barbecue sauce. So without further ado, we're gonna turn it back over to Dr. Worley, 
and we're going to get with Mr. Glenn. Dr. Word, back to you. Yes, sir. Hello, hello. Can he? Can you hear me, Mr. Price? I can't hear them. Okay, I think I. Okay, I think it's unmuted. Here we yes, go. I can hear you, sir. How are you? Great, great, fantastic. So we have, um, we have about ten questions for you. Um, about three minutes each. Um, I may do some follow-up questions if I need some clarity or context around the question. But for the most part, we're going to try to stick to those. So, without further ado, um, we talk about uh, Donaldsonville, but specifically when you think about mainstream Donaldsonville, uh, downtown, do you think it's healthy? Um, as it is right now, is successful. And if not, what would you change? What would you do specifically to change that? Well, to answer your question about whether or not I think it's healthy, no. I mean, you can look at well. Our main street is Railroad Avenue, all right. And when I got home seven years ago, I was highly disappointed. Because one of my excitement was to go to Railroad Avenue and to just, you know, uh, go to some of the businesses and like we used to do when I was young. I mean, every building on Railroad Avenue had a business, a striving business operating out of it. Matter of fact, Railroad Avenue in Downsville was like, uh, like our mall. That was our mall, but we could practically go buy anything because that's how many different types of businesses it had there. But to come home and to see Railroad Avenue like a ghost town, where most of the buildings now are vacant, that was disappointing. So that was one of the, that was one of the things that motivated me to get involved with local government. So what would you do specifically to, to change what you are displeased with? Well, one of the things we're going to have to do, we're going to have to bring some resources in. So we have the very thing that can do just that. You see, Donaldsonville has enormous history. Main Street, Railroad Avenue is a part of the historic district. Most of those buildings there, I mean, go all the way back uh, to the 19th century, some of them. I mean, so what we can do, we can take that, take Railroad Avenue, develop it historically from the different types of historical aspects of it, but we still have the African American Museum there, that's enormous history for Donaldsonville. And then some of the other buildings there, we can take them and develop them. We can renovate them. Uh, Donaldsonville was just uh, certified as an accredited uh, community. Our, his our history qualifies us to receive state funding for various renovations right down Railroad Avenue. So what we can do, we can take our historic district, focusing on our main street, develop a lot of those buildings, but I mean by develop, renovate a lot of those buildings. And then that would then encourage our business owners, developers who want to come in there and do business there. But by doing that though, we're going to take the historic district and make it tourism. So in doing that, we're going to get us a tour bus, get us a tour guide. And then that person can then take people that's going to come in from other parts of the state and other parts of the country to come see all this history we got here. I mean, Fort Butler, where we had a major, major civil rights battle between the Confederates and the Union Army. The Union Army snuck in on the Mississippi 
and built Fort Butler in their attempt to defeat the Confederacy. And in doing so, they had a major battle there and the Union forces won. And that eventually led to the freedom of the slaves that contributed to the freedom of the slaves. That's enormous history. That location right there, right off the Mississippi River. We were once the state capital. Well, look, look at that part of the history. Only, only other city in the state of Louisiana that ever had that privilege was New Orleans. They moved the state capital from New Orleans and brought it to Donaldsonville because New Orleans, the state capital was located close to downtown and New Orleans always had so much partying going on. The legislators couldn't hear each other talk to each other. So they moved it to the Donaldsonville, which was a growing, growing community. They put that state capital in Donaldsonville, but Donaldsonville, unfortunately, couldn't get it all together. So they decided to move it back to New Orleans. The Donaldsonville was too small, too small of a community. And eventually they moved it to Baton Rouge. But that's still a significant part of our history. And when you talk about our African-American museums, all of this is what I'm telling you what we're going to do to develop Main Street here, bring back River Avenue. Mm -hmm. uh, when you talk about our African-American history, I think I'm enormously proud that the very first African-American, this was, this was during Reconstruction, uh, Pierre Landry was the first elected African-American mayor in the entire United States of America, right here in in Donaldsonville, Louisiana. So what I hear you saying is using, um, utilizing the immaculate history of Donaldsonville to develop and recreate what it was. Yes, and then, and then in doing that, Doctor, what we're going to do? We're going to start now bringing in millions of dollars of revenues. Now mm -hmm. we got all this tourism. Another thing we're going to do uh, in order to develop our main street and bring resources in, into our community. Uh, we're gonna get more into municipal enterprise. A lot of cities and towns, cities are doing this now because what happens, uh, I'll give you an example. When we develop our tourism, we're gonna to take one of those nice buildings we got there on River Avenue and renovate it into a hotel with a nice restaurant on the lobby floor. But the city gonna own it. So that's what you mean by municipal enterprise? Because I'm an educator. Like, I don't know those terms. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Municipal enterprise is a, a, it's probably the, uh, the leading source of income now for a lot of cities. Dallas, matter of fact, built a huge hotel right next to the International Airport there. That's owned by the city of Dallas. And that hotel alone is bringing in millions of dollars to the city of Dallas. So now they don't have to increase the residents' uh, sales taxes or their uh, utility taxes. That hotel brings in millions. So in Donaldsonville, we're gonna, we're gonna take one of those buildings and we're gonna develop it into a hotel with a nice restaurant on the lobby floor. And that hotel is gonna be where our tourists are gonna come and stay and, and, and eat, all right? And then that money's gonna come in to the city. And then we can use that money for the many other things that we need to do. So I hear you saying we have a gold mine right here. Yes, we do. With our history. Yes, <laughs> we have a lot of state fund that's available for this, okay? The Donaldsonville is now credited as a historical site in the state of Louisiana. So there's lots of grant money available, but our current elected officials are not really going after, after the money aggressively. 
Our, our state senator, who is senator, uh, state senator Ed Price, who happened to be my, my cousin. Uh, we also have uh, Mr. Ken Brass, the state state legislator. They are ready to help us with this, but we don't ask for much. So they're busy with all the other municipalities that they have in their districts. Downsville don't ask for much. Downsville is not aggressive enough. We got the history. We got what it takes to actually get the state funding. And then now we can bring in the revenues we need because right now we have a shortage of revenues. We, we have a shortage of revenues to the point to where we were actually could be facing bankruptcy if we don't get significant change in, uh, in this town. Okay, so I think this leads into my next question, but it's not really regarding the uh, historical district. But the next question was, uh, what's more important for our city right now? Is it building new homes and commercial space or like rehabbing or utilizing homes and storefronts that we have? And I think that would be like the ones on up, uptown. What's more important right now? Both, really. I mean, you really, you want to do them both. And, and they both have to happen. They need to happen simultaneously. They really do because uh, we have now sugar can farmers in our area that are willing to sell their land now. They're willing to sell their land to developers so we can now build subdivisions. We, we, we can build shopping complexes. We can do that now that they're willing to sell the land. Back in the days, in the old days, the old the, uh, the fathers and the grandfathers that owned this property were not willing to sell it. But they were sugar can farmers and they would be sugar can farmers for life. But now their kids now own the property. And they don't want to be sugar can farmers for the rest of their life. So therefore they're willing, that's why that's how we ended up uh, uh, selling the property over there uh, for the uh, the new Taco Bell and the, uh, uh, the new Burger King we got over there right now. You see? So they're ready to sell more. So Developing residential communities is very important for Donaldsonville in its growth. But simultaneously, we're going to bring in more business to Donaldsonville. Matter of fact, it was told to me that at, uh, several years ago, probably before I got home, I got home seven years ago, Home Depot was interested in coming to Donaldsonville. And they would buy some of that property from one of the sugar, sugar can farms. But because we want to protect certain interests here in Donaldsonville, we would not, we did not entertain that idea. We shunned them. Eventually, I guess Home Depot just stopped talking to us about it. But just think what that could have done for us. Look at the tax revenues that could have came in. Look at the jobs. You don't have jobs in Donaldsonville. Look at the jobs that would have brought in you. So when you that to that question that you just asked me, we have to do both. We have to focus on developing residential communities affordable to residential community. And I'm not talking about Section 8 type stuff. Stuff for working families. Good uh, homes for working families. And then open the doors for the, the other types of retail businesses that are interested. I'm going to tell you something. We're in a key location because uh, geographically, we're like the hub for a lot of the places around us, uh, going down the bayou all the way up to White Castle, uh, the, uh, the areas in Aben and Lemon, the Lemonville area. So when you add all that up, you got you got an area now that's uh, got about thirty to forty thousand people. So a Home Depot or a Golden Corral or a racetrack is interested in coming into an area like that. 
because they can they, they can do well there and they bring their jobs. And when they come in, they now have to pay tax revenues to the municipality, which would be Johnsonville. So the okay. question, we need them both. Okay. And I just had, and this question kind of um, sparked my mind when you were talking about the Home Depot and the other businesses. And I just want to know this for my own knowledge. When, when something like that is proposed, um, who makes the decision of like the yay or the nay? Um, like, it, who does it come through? What's the process for that? Like, what is looked at to say yes, no? How does that work? Well, I'm currently the vice chairperson of the Donaldsonville Planning and Zoning Commission. So when you're talking about coming in with a new business development like that, your plans have to come to our board first. But prior to getting to our board, their meetings has already done with the mayor and the city council. Uh, for example, if, if they were talking to Home Depot, they were having meetings, and then if they agreed to move forward, then the blueprint for such a project would come to the Planning Zoning Commission. We would look it over, make sure everything is correct, make sure all the infrastructure and everything is correct, and then we would say yes to it, and then we'll pass that on to the City Council. And then if the City Council say yes, then we make that happen. So that's the process. Okay. And what would be, and, and I'm just Thinking, because I know other people are probably thinking out and want to ask the same thing. What would be something that would be a concern if it's like a no, we can't do this? Like, what may um, cause a response of no, I don't think this is a good idea to bring this in, you know, at this time? Like, what would be a, a, a hindrance? Primary hindrance is Donaldsonville, and that's why we need new leadership. Uh, we have certain business interests in Donaldsonville right now. I gave you some. Um, the building supply, Cokies is our building supply in Downsville. Um, when you need some hardware uh, type stuff, Ace Hardware, Joey is currently owner of Ace Hardware. My understanding is uh, both these families will fight vigorously to keep a Home Depot, a Lowe's, uh, that type of business from coming in. First and last chance, don't want Golden Corral in Downsville. That, uh, the restaurant, first and last chance, that will put them out of business practically, right? Because uh, Golden Corral has a good quality of food at a very good price, all right? So there's there's a network in Donaldsonville right now, and that's why we have to break this, where certain families are controlling things, certain people are controlling things. And unfortunately, the mayor and the city council allowed them to do that. And that's one of the reasons why we can't grow. We can't develop because we are really serving the interest of a select few in this community. So the overall community, 8,500 residents, which is now practically 80% African-American, uh, will be the, uh, the victims of that type of focus and concentration. And that's, what, that's why it's one of the reasons why Donaldsville has not been able to really grow and develop. Oh, they'll let a certain fast food chains come in here. But fast food's going to bring a few jobs and minimum wage jobs. I mean, a few jobs with minimum wage. So to answer that question, we have a culture here where a few families are still controlling things. And we need to break that. And the reason why, because that does not serve the interests of the people of Donaldsonville. And that's what I like the fish is supposed to be doing, serving the interests of the people of Donaldsonville. 
Thank you so much, sir, for that response. Okay, we're gonna shift gears here um, and, and go towards my next question. Uh, some people in the community say that we have traffic problems here. If elected, what would you, um, what do you think? And if elected, what would you do to mitigate those concerns? Okay, the, where our traffic problem is, is on LA-1. And what is, what's happening is that you got plenty employees that are traveling through Donaldsonville uh, to go to Dow Chemical up, up there in Plaquemine. So they come, they're going in early in the morning, so the traffic is really not an issue. They could just early in the morning, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., but when they're coming back in at 4 and 5 p.m., now you have a traffic problem because you only got one, one lane each way. So what needs to happen, we need to, we need to get to state and be a little aggressive about it and say, look, we need you to take LA-1 and, and expand it into two lanes. It, it, it's already there to do that. When, when they on so, these roads, they always leave a lot of, enough room on each side to make sure so that they can be able to expand when needed, when there's a population growth. So the traffic problem down Smith is on LA-1 and it has to do with the traffic and we solve that by expanding it one lane on each side. So it'd be two, two lanes on each side. Dr. Worley? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I interject right quick? Yes, sir. Okay, so speaking of, speaking of the traffic in Donaldsonville, it was already two lanes. Some genius from the DOT came down and decided to convert it into one lane. It was two lanes. So I want to know, and I'm sorry, Dr. Worley, oh. just why the city allowed that to happen. Because at one time, I worked in the plant industry, not anymore, and Traffic used to flow through Donaldsonville so good. Once you pass Walmart and get in that curve, it, 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 that two lane went all the way up till you got on the other side of the bridge. When you got this uh, uh, Chevron and the old, where the old scoreboard used to be, then it went back to one lane. Why did the city allow the DOT, the idiots in Baton Rouge, those engineers, to come yeah. down and do that? Good question. I didn't know that. Question. See, I was just but, went on prior to me coming home. But uh, yeah. hey, it's a good question. And and Dr. Worley, to speak to what yeah. Big E just said, too much is going on in this town where we don't understand why the city leaders are allowing these things to happen. Okay, so now Nounsville is losing, lost a lot, still losing, and is now on the brink of financial collapse. But we, we have a huge debt here. We have six revolving bond loans right now that we're paying. Six loans, and each one of these loans we're really taken to deal with the infrastructure crisis that we have here, dealing with our gas lines and dealing with our sewer lines and our water lines. So we have some serious infrastructure problems here. And they've been borrowing money through these bond loans, but we still have an A1 credit rating here in the AAA credit rating here in Dallasville because we pay our notes on time, but we are going broke with these loans. So now we got gas leaks in Donaldsonville, which is potentially very dangerous. We got gas leaks in certain areas and gas leaks are popping up in more areas. And we don't have the money to fix these gas leaks. And now we are struggling to get another loan because now the banks are telling us, you need to pay off some of these loans before we keep giving you more loans. You know how that goes with credit? You know, it's based on income ratio, right? You can have A1 credit, but then on the other hand, 
if you constantly borrowing, it gets to a point where your income can't handle what you're borrowing. And these banks know that. So we're in that predicament right now. We can't even get the money to fix these gas leaks. Now, they got something that's they're working on right now, but it's like it's a day late because at any time this could happen. This is serious. Any one of those gas leaks can lead to an explosion. Matter of fact, Mayor Solomon confirmed that in a meeting we just had about a month ago when I asked him that question. When you're talking about gas leak, you're talking about something that could potentially explode. Strike a mesh to it. Any kind of way you get ignited. And he said, yes, that could happen. Then that should be a city crisis right now. We should do whatever we got to do to get the funds in here to fix these gas leaks. We are now putting everybody at risk because we got gas leak from old and old piping system. Over 100 years old. Same thing with our sewer system. Over 100 years old. Why do we allow this to happen and get to this point now to where we are now facing all these crises? And see, our city leaders, they're really trying to hide that right now because they want to get reelected again. So they don't want the people to know that we're facing all these crises right now because they know there's no way people are going there and vote for them again. Okay. And this is a follow-up question to what you just stated. Um, as, as far as a budget or estimate for the gas leaks, about uh, about how much of uh, it would cost to fix those? My understanding is they're trying to get $2.5 million right now. I think they got something right now. I think one of the banks is going to let us have it. Uh, we're going to get it through the DEQ or the capital outlay. So there will be some grant money involved with that because... I mean, something had to be put together, and I think they got it, but they need about $2.5 million, but still going, what's going to happen? We're going to end up borrowing, no matter how much we get in grants, we're going to probably get maybe 40% of it in grants. Matter of fact, that's what it was. I, I, at the last, that's another thing, too. I attend all of the meetings, so I know exactly what's going on in town. And they know I know what's going on because I'm there. I'm there when they're not there sometimes. I don't miss meetings because I want to know what's going on. So therefore, when I talk about it, I know what I'm talking about. So here we are. We're now facing a situation where they're now getting some money for the gas leaks. But right now, as I speak, we still got these leaks around town. And it has been going on for several months now, and it should not, that should not be happening. But it is. Okay. Thank you so much for, for that information and your response, um, Mr. Price. Um, my next question, if you could change one thing in our zoning code, what would it be? And then tell us why. When I, if I could change anything in our zoning code, I would talk to the council about uh, revamping our rezoning ordinances. Uh, we have regulations now that I'll give you an example. If you're in what we call R1, which is residential one, that's basically a residential area, zone, and you had a lot there that you wanted to open up a grocery store. So what you want to do, you want to rezone it to C1, which is commercial. So now you can take that, you can now take that lot and put a grocery store there now because we've rezoned it to C1, even though it's, it's still located in R1. What's been happening uh, they have not been working with a lot of the 
business people and, and some of the developers that are interested in Downsville to get these type of rezonings done because we got all these old uh, stringent rules that keep us from doing these things. So the 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 Planning Zoning Commission will approve a rezoning, but then the council will reject it because you got certain people in town don't want that to happen. Another example, you got an R01 and someone wants to build an apartment development on some property in R01. So apartments is considered R2, residential two. So now we need to rezone that R01 property to R2. But you got certain people in town says, no, we don't want that there. So what happens? It gets rejected by the city council. So what I would do when it comes to zoning laws, we'll make the zoning laws where people can uh, do things in Donaldsonville that's going to benefit Donaldsonville. A new apartment unit benefits Donaldsonville. A, a new grocery business in the community benefits Donaldsonville. So I would make sure, I would take the lead and ask the council, because the council has to uh, uh, agree with this, to, to, to relax these stringent laws we have about rezoning. Thank you so much for your response to that question, Mr. Price. Um, how do you plan to involve residents in the decision-making process in our, in our town? Okay, one of the first things we're going to do now, we have several things on our priority list, but one of the first things we're going to do is establish a, a community organization of residents from all over town, from all walks of life. So we want school teachers there. We um, educated, we want educators on that board. We want business people on that board. It's a, just a community board. We want uh, people who work at the plants on that board. Uh, we, want, we, we, want, we want even mothers that's on maybe on some type of government assistant on the board. So that community board is going to be the voice of Donaldsonville, which means they'll meet, for example, maybe once a month, and they'll talk about what the city needs and what the city wants. They'll come to their resolutions, and they'll send it directly to the mayor's office. And I will take that and put that on the mayor's council's meeting agenda. And that way, the people's voice will always be heard in Donaldsonville. Thank you so much for that response. Okay, next question. If someone came to you with a proposal to build a new piece of public infrastructure in our city, like a road, a bridge, whatever, how would you evaluate whether that project was worth implementing? Well, We've had some talk along those lines too. Um, we've had some developers that want to come to Donaldsonville, for example, they want to buy some of the sugarcane fields and build. Matter of fact, we got some conversations going on right now to build a new subdivision, but the infrastructure is not there. So what the city needs to do, the city has to be willing to expand our infrastructure, our gas lines, our, our um, sewer lines. The parish now owns the water system, so they have to be in cooperation to extend the water lines into these areas. So the infrastructure will be there so we can develop that. So when you when you talk about it, and then when you talk about infrastructure, we gotta fix all our problems with our infrastructure. Because who wants to who wants to come to this place? Who wants to even stay here? And we got gas leaks, sewer leaks, which leads to sewer smell. We got that right now going on in some of some of our communities. Our water system is deplorable. 
I'm telling you, to, and I'm telling the resident right now that's listening, do not drink our water. That water is, is not good for drinking. Matter of fact, it's questionable even for cooking. That's why we had, that's why they had to shut down the water company. And the state ordered us to shut down. This was a year and a half ago or so. And now we got the class action lawsuits against people water. And that's why people water got on out of town and sold it to the parish. So that's how I would answer that question. Thank you so much. Uh, if elected, what three steps would you take to put our city on a firmer, a firmer financial footing? Okay, number one, again, uh, we're going to entertain creative, innovative, and progressive ideas in municipal enterprise. We know that we can bring in real revenues. Real revenues, and I'm going to tell you something else about municipal enterprise, and I've already did some studying, and I've seen some uh, some, uh, some cities and towns are doing this right now. Okay, you got the, let's say you got the hotel, and the hotel bringing in $2 million a year. All right, so what happens? You take $1 million and you put it to city services. You take another million and you issue it out as dividends to the residents. There are towns and cities right now in the United States that's doing that. All right. So the other way that we can now uh, bring in revenues uh, is taking advantage of all the state grant money that's available from the state and the federal government. The problem here, we're not doing that. And I'm going to tell you, I've had some legislators tell me that Downs Bill is not aggressive after grant money. So you got $50 million grant money developed, I mean, available to a community like ours. And, they, and that money has to be used up in one year, and we don't even get a dollar of it because we didn't even put in an application for it. Our leadership, uh, the people in, in office right now are complacent. But if you talk to them, they'll tell you they're doing a great job. So what has happened that they've lost, they have no vision anymore. And that's why you should have term limits. Each one of them have been in office 15 to 20-something years each. Mayor Sullivan's been there 18 years. They don't have vision no more. They don't see how they can grow down some bill. They don't even realize how much we've lost. They're, out of, they're actually out of reality. They're out of reality right now. They don't really understand how bad we're doing. But the WallStreet.com, WallStreet.com did the story dated February 25th of this year, uh, did a survey on Donaldson Bill, and they would they tried to explain us using the metrics that they were using, showing that. With the economy, our school system, which is really unfortunate for us, the worst in the Stitcher Parish right now in terms of when you look at all of the components of it. Uh, and they, they talked about our crime problem, and you mentioned our crime problem, which is horrendous. And they declared us to be the worst place to live in Louisiana based on those metrics. And the second worst in the, in the state. And I'm sorry, in the nation. I'm sorry, there you go. Worse in Louisiana and the second worst in the nation. And you know what our city leader said? That's not true. Yeah, it is true. Unfortunately, it is true. Now, we're still proud of our hometown. And we still have a lot about our hometown that we're proud of. That's why we're here. So I came home seven years ago. So I'm here, I'm here too, to work and fight and bring Downsville back to a place where we can be proud of it again. And I'm proud of these gentlemen here that didn't leave here. They stayed here. So now we've come together, and we're going to work together, and we're going to 
We're going to bring Donaldsville back with the help of the community. We're going to bring Donaldsville back. Thank you so much. I think you kind of answered the next question. The next question was, if you receive a million dollar grant to use for the city any way that you want, um, what would you do with it and why? Is that something additional you want to add to like something you said already? Sure. And that million dollars that you just mentioned, if, if we had a million dollars to use for whatever we can use it for, one of the things we would definitely use it for, Dr. Worley, we would use it to bring back the summer youth job program. When I was raised up in Donaldsonville at age 13, I was able to go to work in that program and earn a paycheck every Friday to help my mama, who's a single, who's a single parent, raising six of us by herself in the projects. And I'm telling you, me and my brother worked in that program, and my mama was so happy that we was able to buy our own school clothes. We was able at that time, but that was years ago. Uh, at that time, we were able to buy the Converse tennis shoes we wanted at that time, and that's what was in style. So, but many kids worked in that program and they canceled it. They canceled the program. Let me tell you what they did for, for us too. They taught us how to work for money. So we didn't entertain the ideas. We were not saturated with the idea of going to steal something for money or go hustle somewhere for money. We worked. They gave us different little jobs to do and we worked. And then on Friday, we got our paycheck and they already had it arranged at the bank or at the Walmart that we can take our check at age 13 to 15, then the program go all the way up to age 17, and you can go cash your check. And then you can go back and get your mama some money to, to help out with what she needs to help out with. I mean, that's what I would do. I would initiate the, the summer youth job program uh, if we had that, that million dollars you just mentioned. And Thank you. That program going. That would be that would be a part of that would be a part of our Thank you so much um, for that response. So what neighborhood do you live in and why? I live in what we call Pope Barrel. And I was raised up in Pope Barrel. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm 64 now. So when I was raised up, Lori, which was from first grade to 12th grade, the black school, I went to Lori all the way up to uh, eighth grade. And at that time, that's when they did the integration. So I live in Pope Barrel. That's uh, one of our proud black communities in Donaldsonville. That's where Dr. Lori donated the land. That's how it, it was named Lori. Dr. Lori donated the land there to build the black school. Right, so I live in Port Barrett. I'm proud of that, but I'm proud uh, to also be raised in Donaldsonville. And, and I'm proud to be a part of the group that's working hard uh, to bring progressive, positive change back to our hometown. So what's your favorite place to spend time at in Donaldsonville? Louisiana Square. Louisiana. <laughs> the park we got on Railroad Avenue. And the reason why I love that park is because of the water, the water spill. Good deal. Good deal. Okay. And the last question for you, Mr. Price. Um, and of course, I had to say it the last time. Uh, if elected, what would you do to improve the public school system? Remember, I'm an educator. We have educators listening, I'm sure. Um, what are your ideas? What would you do specifically to improve our public schools? You know, I've already talked about it to the, uh, to the council candidates here. Um, you're not going to grow your community if you don't have quality public schools. No one is going to want to bring their kids and send them to schools uh, that, like in the parish here, are the lowest in the parish. 
mean, parents not going to bring their kids and put them in these schools. So what we got to do, we got to get with the school administrators. The name is currently our school board member. We have to get with the the other the superintendent, Mr. Alexander, but we have to also get with, I mean, we need to put more pressure on him too. Because he takes us for granted, Mr. Alexander. I know because I've been in a couple of meetings with him and I can tell by his conversation. He believes we need to do more for ourselves and he's correct, but we need him to do more for us too. Uh, also, uh, we need to bring the teachers in and then bring the parents in. So we need to hold a meeting with all of these entities and we need to meet and discuss and do what we got to do so that we raise the quality of education at our public schools. That would be my suggestion. Man, that's not going to be my suggestion. If I'm elected mayor, we're going to put that in motion. Okay, thank you so much for that response. Um, that was the last question that I had. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, the conversation. I know I really enjoyed it. I, I'm a I'm a product of Donaldsonville. Uh, I currently live in Donaldsonville. I care about Donaldsonville. I'm an educator. I care about education. I care about everything. You know. Um. So this. We've been following you. Okay. <laughs> we love your pretty push up program. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you want to come out and work out, you. just come out if you want to work out. We welcome anyone. Um, right. You did an amazing job with that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It is making a huge difference in the lives of many. Um, that is my last question. Um, I thank you all so much for being here. I was uh, excited to be here and be a part of this. Um, and I know everyone else who's on and joined, they really enjoyed it. I know they have questions, but I know we were really informed. I was informed um, about a lot of things. Um, thank you so much for that, that information. Um, I do need to be, I'm ignorant in a lot of areas. Um, I do need to be more informed. I can admit that uh, I'm one that can always admit my, you know, my shortfalls or whatever. But thank you all so much for being here and having that conversation with me. Thank you, Doctor Worthy. Thank you. You're welcome. And so at this time, um, Mr. Eric Jones, I'll turn it over back to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you guys, man. You know, I'm a part of the movement with you guys, man. Y'all know the love is there. Again. The passion, man, the passion that I heard coming from each and each and every one of you guys, man. Uh, I'm not trying to give one person more praise than the other, but Tevis almost had me in tears over here because I felt I felt it, bro. I felt it. So, uh, Kurt, you too, man. And Mr. Glenn, um, man, you're a smart cookie, bro. Uh, you're, you're very you're very intelligent, man. Um, I don't mind sitting down, having conversation and dialogue with you. You're very, very intelligent, man. All three of you guys. And uh, yeah. I feel like, and I'm like Dr. Worley, a lot of things I need to educate myself on more. But I feel like the dialogue here today was awesome. Yeah. Dr. Worley, you did a marvelous job. <laughs> I, you did a good job. I, I, I can't. And I, I'll be home for the election. And I got a gift for you. I appreciate you, you doing this for me. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, really, well, I did this for my community, so you yes, really don't yes. have to well, it's just it, I appreciate you because you could have said, Hey, no, I don't want you know, 
but you, you took the torch and you ran with it. So I appreciate it. I know those three guys there appreciate it. But one other person, man, I, you know, I like to give credit where credit's due. Uh, and I want to thank Miss Tammy Fernandez for opening yeah. up her doors. Uh, Crossover Therapy LLC, which is a black-owned business in Donaldsonville. And Tammy, if you're there and you hear me, man, I really appreciate you for setting this up. Um, you, 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 uh, I made a call, Mr. Glenn made a call, and you was like, I got it. Yes, and sir. the setting is beautiful. I love yeah. the decor. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I really appreciate you, Ms. Fernandez. And uh, uh, if anything you need, we talked about it already, and I know you want to you got some things going on here in Travis. So anything you need from me, y'all, and if I can help you, I got you. I got you. I want to also shout out everybody that was in the, the comments in the chat room. We had a lot of people giving a lot of input. I try to put it up so everybody can see it. Um, but there were some questions asked in there. And what we'll do is I'll get with the guys afterwards, uh, Ms. W uh, Dr. Worley, and we'll go back and we'll answer those questions Uh some questions were asked. I didn't have the information. I don't want to give no misleading information, but we'll get those answers in and we'll get it back. Uh, Kurt, man, I, I love the, uh, your platform, bro. I love what you got, your ideas, the way you want to implement it. And, yes, sir. Uh, uh, it's going to happen. Uh, Travis, I told you, man, I got you. You know, uh, you're going to be an awesome councilman, bro, because it's in your heart. It's in your heart. Uh, Mr. Glenn. Man, I don't yes, know what sir. to say, but you, bro, you, you, man, you sound like a philosopher over there, bro. I mean, <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, I think you would be an awesome mayor, bro. I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't have nothing against current administration, but I agree. Uh, term limits should be something that the, they they need to consider. Um, we want to stay fresh and we want to stay new. Eighteen years is a long time with no change. Uh, so, yeah, change for the next. Well, yeah, <laughs> I let you say that, Kurt. <laughs> but, um, you know, again, um, Donaldsonville is a very historical city. Me and Mr. Glenn had some conversation on that. It's a very historical uh, city. And like he alluded to uh, Dr. Worley, state capital, uh, the film industry loves filming in our city. You know, uh, it's a lot of things that, that, that we can get. If we just go after it and be aggressive, that's right. There's a lot of money out there. That's we right. gotta go after it. So again, Dr. Worley, I appreciate you. Uh, I know who to get now. If I have another uh, <laughs> town hall debate or whatever we're gonna call it, I enjoyed her. Uh, she's awesome. You guys, yeah. we yeah. got a lot of work left to do. That's right. But I think this was very, very needed. Yeah. And don't forget, y'all, we got one other councilman, uh, District 1, I think, Mr. Russell Gray, yeah. Port Barra, y'all know, y'all, he's on the ballot, too. Don't forget yes, about sir. Russell Gray. Um, yes, so, um, again, I appreciate you guys. Um, appreciate you, Barry. Appreciate you, Barry. Appreciate you, Barry. Um, Is there anything in closing anybody want to say? Uh, the floor is yours. Wait, wait, before y'all say it, I want to shout out all of my DCCC members that's yes, in the sir. chat room. Leslie, right. Chantel, DeLacy, Chi-Chi, right. uh, Trendsetter, Dwayne Thomas. I appreciate That's all right. you guys, man. I appreciate the support for my show. Um, without you guys, there's no show. So I appreciate That's everybody right. in the chat room. Um, but in closing, I would like to see if anybody want to say anything, drop your social media, Dr. Worley, pretty push-ups. You got to put it out there. You know, guys, candidates, anything you guys want to say, the floor is yours, man. Yes, sir. 
Uh, I just want to say, since you brought it up, Eric, DCCC is the movement. Yeah. They sparked the movement, and uh, DCCC is available for membership. Anybody that wants to join, talk to Mr. Leo McKinney. And the other thing I want to say, Big E, um, to all the listeners, uh, we now have about six more days of early voting. Uh, so we're asking everybody to go out, take a minute, and, and go to the courthouse. You have from 8, 8, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Cash your ballot. Uh, the numbers, uh, matter of fact, the numbers are like 100 more per day thus far. Uh, we, as of yesterday, 1,022 people that cashed their ballot. I mean, so the numbers are up, and we're just asking everybody, man, to take it early so you don't have to uh, be concerned about it on election day. Now look, when y'all go and vote, don't just vote for your cousin or your church member or somebody you graduated with. Vote for somebody that can actually make a difference in Donaldsonville because we desperately need it. If, that, if you think I'm not the I'm not saying that. But please, vote with your brain and not your heart. All right, I got something I want to say. I just, uh, this is Donaldsonville, Donaldsonville, man. Uh, just keep this in mind. We too small to be so divided. We need to, we need to uh, air our space and then come together. That's what it's all about. It's not about stepping on nobody's toes. It's tired of seeing the same old things over and over and over again. So just, just yeah, like Kurt said, keep it in your heart when you go vote. I can't tell you to vote for, but hey, that's your right. Hey, also listen, before we get out of here, if you go to my Facebook page, Kurt Mitchell, I did a breakdown on all the amendments that's on the ballot, explaining to everybody in plain words what a vote yes means and what a vote no means. I'm not telling you how to vote, just giving you the opportunity to look and you can make up your own mind whether or not you want yes or no on that amendment because a lot of times you go in the poll, it's confusing, there's worded all kinds of ways to make you think it's a yes and it's really a no. And they're long, and it takes you a long time to get in there and vote. So go to my page, Kurt Mitchell, on Facebook, and check those amendments out. I got the breakdown for you. And last but not least, uh, <laughs> uh, make sure to follow Pretty Push Up Community Organization in Donaldsonville on Facebook. Amen. Amen. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Y'all ready? So in closing, I would like to thank again everybody that tuned into Cognac and Conversation right here on Big E's 504 Radio on the X Squad Radio Network. Shout out to JLP, Please and Barbecue, JP Soul Kitchen and Catering in San Antonio, Texas. He is a product of Donaldsonville, though. Want to yeah. thank everybody. Thank everybody in the chat room. Thank my X Squad family, Professor X, for checking in. He is the X in X Squad, Mr. Kesey Ingram, right here in Atlanta, Georgia, man. I appreciate you guys. And we're going to do some follow-up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow up with you guys. I'm probably going to call you guys. But, again, I thank you guys for the opportunity, Dr. Worley, for the platform, the moderating, and my candidates for all your good answers and support and content. I appreciate you guys. It's your boy, Big E, from Big E 504 Radio, Cognac and Conversation. And we signing off, y'all. Peace. I mean, uh...